Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, back here on the huddle. Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz along with Pete Najarian, and we welcome in former Viking scout Jeff Robinson. Hey, Jeff, uh, when Pete asked you to come on the show, did you know the Vikings would come down from uh, 33 to pull off the biggest comeback in history? Did you see that coming? I didn't see that coming at all. So I guess I guess the timing was excellent. I I thought we were just going to talk about the thousandth game, but geez, what a, what a way to uh, finish the weekend for the Vikings. I mean, I I don't know if you saw the whole game start to finish, but uh, did you did you think that that was possible? I mean, because I was there covering the game. And uh, after they got to 21, I was like, I think Indianapolis is maybe melting down here and they're going to open the door. And the Vikings took advantage. And uh, I was going to ask you, we were having a discussion about Kirk Cousins and why he's been able to lead so many of these late game comebacks. They have seven fourth quarter comebacks this year. I mean, I would love the scouts perspective on why you think he's been able to you know, come back in so many of these games. Well, I think it's a couple of different things. Number one is, you know, quarterbacks always get a lot of blame when things don't go right, and obviously they get a lot of credit when things do. And he's often been um, on the side of getting a lot of blame for, for things that aren't, aren't always in his control. But he's a very smart quarterback. He's a very durable quarterback, and he has a strong arm to go with a very talented group of receivers. So um, anytime you put him in a situation of, you know, two minutes or needing to score quick, um, he's excellent in that role because he has a very good understanding of not only uh, his offense, but what the defense is trying to do against him. So you you kind of have to put him in the category of a lot of other talented quarterbacks who are able to um, make a lot of adjustments, you know, in a short time span to make plays. Um, but I think if you look at just yesterday's game in particular pertaining to the Colts, um, I, I think there had to be reason for optimism even at halftime just because of what the Colts did against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago um, in the second half of that game. Right. And so and so if they did their homework, they knew they still had a chance to, to make plays to win the game if, if they, you know, could stop shooting themselves in the foot, which – um, obviously, in the first half of the game, they, they did a lot of that, but they flipped the script, and, and they did well um, to finish it out strong in the second half yesterday. You know, the, the offense really did step up, Jeff. It was unbelievable how, how they came out of the locker room, and they didn't even seem like they were a team that was down 33 to nothing. But on a different note, and something we were talking about, and I'd love your take on this, is Jeff Saturday. Uh, great guy, obviously, great player and all the rest of it, but has this experiment failed? Because it seems to me that this is not just about the players and the, and the positioning, but oftentimes it's some of the decisions by the coaches and specifically the head coach and the mismanagement of time. Is it, do you think that uh, that this is the end of it for him? Well, I don't know if it's the end of it, just because I'm not sure that I that I would have ever thought it was a beginning for him. But um, when when you look at uh, a person such as himself who was an analyst. So he's watching he's watching games every week. 
and, and critiquing others, the part that gets overlooked in the whole process a lot of times is the things that go into the decisions that are made as far as uh, coaching decisions go. And obviously his background is one of playing, um, coaching a little bit of high school football, but not anything in the college or the pro ranks. And so, you know, when you're talking about timeouts and clock clock management, those are two really big issues that um, you have to kind of find a rhythm and a groove for, whether you're a coordinator or a head coach, because there's so many intricacies involved in situational football. And it showed up yesterday and it showed up in past games as far as the decisions that he's had to make and right or wrong, he, he made his decisions. And I think their record kind of reflects some of those decisions right now, unfortunately for him. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, people don't understand and even former players don't understand a lot of what actually goes on during the week um, as far as coaches management go um, on just getting ready for the, for the game plan and for the prep that goes into actually putting the game plan together. And I think that's the part of it that has kind of gotten overlooked as far as him and his ascension. But, you know, who, who knows? I mean, maybe this is part of their plan and his whole learning curve, but I think it's, it's very hard for anybody to just assume that they can become a head coach without um, any, any training in that Avenue. I mean, it's similar to, you know, being in any other occupation, you can't just walk in and, and just go, okay, I'm here. I can get this done. It, Except radio. It, it a lot of prep work. <laughs> Except radio. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, former Viking scout uh, Jeff Robinson with us. I, I need to hear your breakdown of Justin Jefferson this year because he is having one of the best seasons in NFL history as a receiver. And, and I know that yesterday they got contributions from a lot of different places. But when they have needed an unguardable, unstoppable throw to this guy no matter what play, I mean, there's only a handful of receivers I've ever seen like this, Jeff. I mean, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss. He's putting himself in that category, in my mind, of guys that no matter what the opposing defense tries to do, he can beat them. Yeah, I think what you're seeing from him is just his continued uh, growth and maturation. You know, obviously growing up, he was around um, two brothers who also played mm-hmm. um, at a high level, which, which, to, in my opinion, helped to accelerate um, not only his learning curve, but, you know, just his overall physical development in the game. Um, he, he also works with some talented coaches, you know, he, you know, Keenan McCardle and um, Jerry Sullivan, who is his off-season coach, are two excellent coaches who have been around the game for a long time, and I think it helps him you know, to have to have guys like Adam Thielen around, to have Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. So I think all of these things have helped his growth and maturation. But I think really his desire to make plays is is what really has started to separate him from a lot of other players. And you know, kudos to him because he he is a hard worker, and you know he stayed humble in the process of what he's going through. But you can see on week in and week out that he's improving because defenses are doing more things to try to take him. Um, out of the game plan and yeah yesterday the play he made yesterday is just I think that's just part of his his continued growth because that's something that he wasn't um, using earlier in this year as far as the uh, stutter release that he that he put on Stephon Gilmore to score that touchdown. Jeff real quick I know um, you you and I talk about a lot of different things but in not away from the Vikings just for a second but it within the division and all 
What do you think of the Detroit Lions and what they've been able to do over the last few weeks? And they're, yeah, I think they've won six of the last seven or something like that. But Jared Goff's not throwing interceptions. They really might be a playoff team. Do you believe that, or do you think that uh, that, that that they are just they've played the right schedule? Because it seems to me that they have really started to piece this whole thing together, and they've gotten to, they've gotten gotten through a lot of big name teams, the Giants, and they played tight with the Bills, and then they beat the Vikings, and you know you look at their final four with the Jets, Panthers, and Bears, Packers. Uh, what do you think? Is this a potential playoff team? I think we'll know better after today's game against uh, the Jets. I think today's game with the Jets will determine if they're a playoff team. If they win today, then I would say they are, because I think they will run the table if they can win today. I think what you're seeing with them is a team that has bought into, number one, what the head coach um, and the coordinators are are preaching, but also what the leadership, um, when they made that change a couple years ago, has said that they were going to do. I mean, everybody thought that the trade for Jared Goff was he was just going to be a throw-in um, in the Matthew Stafford trade, but he's shown that you know he could he could develop and and grow as a quarterback as well. He you know he he's made a lot of. Oh, did we lose Jeff there? Okay, we lost Jeff there just in the middle of him saying that the roar has been restored. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, I th- well, and you know what, Pete? I mean, I I think uh, do we have Jeff back, uh, Charlie? Oh yeah, we got yeah. I thought I lost you. For oh a yeah, we lost you for just a second. But uh, you were saying that uh, it's going to be the second coming of Scott Mitchell, Brett Perriman, Herman Moore. I think that's what you were in the middle of saying. <laughs> well, let, let's let's just say I I know all those guys, and I was I was there when we tried to get Scott Mitchell, and I think I think you've got a better product right now with what golf is doing um, <laughs> overall. I mean, obviously, obviously they're building components around what what golf can do as far as you know the running game go is going, and that offensive line is is very um, well suited to to play in the NFC North. Um, but even if you look on the other side of the ball, which I think is where they've actually made the most improvement over the course of the year, mm-hmm. I think the defense has really shored mm-hmm. things up to where to where they know that they can compete in every game now. And I don't think early in the year um, that the defense was holding up their end of the bargain because even you know what you saw when they played Minnesota early in the year, you know the defense was always coming up just a little short, but. Now they're making plays um, to actually help the offense out. And, and you kind of found a winning recipe between um, what both sides of the ball are doing and believing in, in what the coaches are instilling in them. Yeah, I think that you know, really, the... really, really what they look like is a younger version of Minnesota in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with I mean, with the weapons that they have now, especially with Jamison Williams coming back, and if the Vikings want to feel free to cover him in the future, unlike they did <laughs> in Detroit, that would be fine. Uh, but I, I think that D- Detroit is a bad matchup for the Vikings, the way that that team is playing. So the Vikings should be rooting for them to lose and face a team like the Giants or, or Washington instead. And that was that was the last thing I had for you, Jeff, is just I wanted to ask you about the potential matchups in the playoffs. Pete and I were talking about some of these teams have plus 120-point differentials at the top of the NFC. Which team do you think would be a matchup that the Vikings should kind of root for that they could potentially get, and which team in the NFC would you look at and go, oh, boy, I mean, they, they better avoid that team? <laughs> 
I think the ones that they should avoid are the ones that they've already had to deal with. You know, Philadelphia and Dallas are are the ones that they should avoid. Um, But outside of that, I think they can compete against anybody realistically. Number one, they're going to be at home, which is favorable to them. Um, Mm -hmm. Get the crowd fired up. But outside of that, and really more so Philadelphia, just because it would be in Philadelphia, I think think they can compete against any of these teams. I mean, uh, right now you're looking at, uh, Washington or the Giants sitting in that seventh spot, and they've, you know, they've proven that they can de- play with Washington, and the Giants game is coming up. So, mm-hmm. I, I think I think realistically, it's just a matter of getting healthy. Um, the the issue with Christian Darisol is is a big issue. You know, him getting hurt yesterday, and nobody knows, you know, where that lies. But if they can stay healthy, you know, obviously they can play with anybody. Yeah, I think that was just cramps. I think he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So, so they're in good shape. I, right. uh, I hope you're right. But uh, no, but I totally agree. That's a that's a huge thing. Uh, Pete, did you have one more question before we need to wrap up? Well, I know I know that uh, we we need to be very quick. But I would just say that uh, Jeff, as far as the XFL and USFL, just real fun topic. Is there something about those leagues that you think is intriguing right now because of this coming year going head to head, or 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 is that something that we're not going to be able to get too excited about? Well, I think you have to get excited because it creates avenues and pipelines for for guys to become players in the NFL. Um, You know, you've got the showmanship of The Rock being involved in the XFL, and you've got the ownership uh, by Fox as far as the USFL goes. So I think it creates a lot of new pathways for players to continue their careers. And and obviously a lot of the guys who are on practice squads or you know, who you see get released on Thursdays and disappear for a couple of weeks now will be the stars of, you know, the XFL and the USFL. But it really gives um, all these players, in particular quarterbacks, a chance to just get on the field and get the and get the work that they need so that they can improve, you know, long-term so that they can become, you know, the, the stars of tomorrow. I'm excited cool. for it. Uh, those uh, those PJ Walker and uh, Tommy Maddox stories. I can't get enough of those. Uh, Jeff Robinson, <laughs> former Viking scout, really appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thanks, no Jeff. Problem. Hey, don't forget those Peter Nigerian stories as well. <laughs> oh, Pete never lets you forget these stories. No, that's, he lets everybody know. Oh, okay, just, just, just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. All right, take care. All right, take care. All right, we'll take a break, and uh, I've got uh, a Hallmark movie game that I want to play with Charlie and uh, Pete when we come back. So from ha- from hardcore football talk to Hallmark movies here in this Christmas time episode of The Huddle, we will return here on WCCO. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.